Great. It is uh, great to see you all uh, this morning. I've been away for a week on holiday and then a week uh, studying on a study week. I know I look like I've walked out of a cave. Uh, no haircut from us yet and uh, <laughs> in desperate need of one. Uh, but it is great uh, to see you. It's great to see some friends as well. Marcus is sitting there. Uh, we used to be here as a student. Uh, so it's great you've come to visit us uh, with Holly today. It's great. Uh, Jeremy sitting at the back there from a church down in Pembroke was with Dav when he was down there. But now in uh, Butch's church, I don't know what your dad's name is, Naomi. Her name was Butch. Norman, Norman, cool. Um, so it's great to see you, Jeremy, really good. Um, and there's other visitors as well from other churches, which is amazing. Um, so welcome, it's great. And welcome uh, to you all, it's brilliant to come together. So Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to pray, and then uh, let's, let's get stuck into this. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you and praise you for this morning. Oh, it's so good like uh, to be together. Oh, it's so good to sing uh, with everybody else and, and to hear them singing the truth that is in you, Jesus. And it's such an encouragement. We thank you for James as well and for his testimony um, and for reminding us again what it is you have done for every single person who has trusted you, that we have died with Jesus. Uh, we've been dead and buried with him. He's risen us, risen us to life in him with our sins being left in the grave, uh, to new life with him, which is expressed in belonging to his people. And we want to praise you and thank you for that. And I want to pray now as we come that you'd speak to us as a people, or that you would do the work on all of our hearts here, that we would listen to you. You are going to speak, but help us to listen. Help us to be humble before you now, and that you talk to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So my study week was about uh, prayer. That was what I was reading about, what it means to pray. Um, and to quote a minister from Bath, uh, me and Sam and a few ministers went to see Paul Mallard um, uh, from, uh, yeah, from Bath. Uh, Paul is here as well, which is great. Woodcombe in Bath. Um, so great to see you. Um, and we went there, and this is, you know, it isn't... Uh, don't, don't quote me on this, because it was with friends, you know, that he was talking. Uh, but he was like, prayer is like the weirdest thing in the world, isn't it? And I think that's probably a good place to start, right? <laughs> is acknowledging that prayer is one of the most weirdest things in the world. Is that you are talking to someone who's not physically present. Yeah. Um, and so you can look at people who are Christians, and you can say, they're, they're nuts, because they're talking to an imaginary friend. Well, there's, there's, there's a difference, isn't there, between, between saying that, you know, there's an imaginary friend, but also just saying that someone isn't physically present. They're two different things they are. Okay, but, but prayer is like that. It is a bit weird because we are so used to having people standing in front of us physically, isn't it? Uh, eyes to look into, a face um, yeah, to take into consideration. You know, when you talk, people's face changes, doesn't they? Um, and you understand, oh, I'm actually I'm going to say too much, so I'll kind of retreat a bit and but we, you haven't got that when you pray to the Father in heaven through Jesus by his Spirit. You haven't got that physical view in front of you. So, so prayer can be a bit weird. Um, and I think that there is a struggle with prayer. I think that you know, through the series that I'm going to do, we're going to actually touch on that quite a lot. If you find prayer difficult, you are in very good company. To say prayer is difficult, that, that's it. We, we can say that. And, and every Christian down the ages will say, yeah, that was what it was like for me as well, which is great, isn't it? But we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about us having a conversation with God, because that's what prayer is. 
Prayer is having a conversation with God. Now, you can have a conversation, can't you, with a complete stranger. Um, if you go to the library or something, or I don't know, you see someone in a coffee shop. I always strike up conversations with waiters and waitresses. If I see that they're, if I hear an accent, I'm like, with the kids, let's guess where they're from. And then we'll ask, and we'll have a conversation about it. You can have a conversation with a complete stranger. That's not what praying is. Praying is having a conversation, but it was in, it's in the, the boundaries of a relationship with that person. Okay, so that's what prayer is. Having a conversation with God because you're in a relationship with Him. Okay, which really does then help us to understand, isn't it, that is all praying then, praying to God? It's not. It's not. If you don't know God, you may have prayed to a God. I'm not going to say that God hasn't heard your prayers. I'm not, I'm not here to say that. I don't, I don't like to say that. I don't like to venture out on that because He can listen to anybody's prayer. If he so decides, there is one prayer that he does hear, and he will always hear. If you are not a Christian here this morning, there's one prayer that he hears and will always hear. Other prayers, I'm not, I don't know. That's up to him. But this one, I can guarantee you, you pray this prayer, without a doubt, he hears you. The Bible says this, call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. That is the prayer that he hears all the time, every time he hears that prayer. When you call on the name of Jesus Christ, that is all that Jesus has done. James said it, that he saw what Jesus had done. That's his character, that is, seeing all that Jesus has done, and he prayed to him. He prayed to him. And he hears. No one can become a Christian without praying. You must call on him and you will be saved. Okay, so that's the prayer that he hears every single time. So if you've prayed, you know, uh, you don't know God, you don't know who you really are praying to, but stuff just comes out. Yeah, that, that's a little indication of where we've come from, which is what Genesis talks about. We'll get to that in a minute. But I'm not too sure what he's heard or if anybody has heard. But this one he will hear. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And that there is the start of a relationship with God that involves praying. It involves a conversation with God. And that's what we're going to talk about having a conversation with God. So Genesis chapter 3, um, we're, we're jumping into Genesis chapter 3. We're not going to go through all the stuff that I read out. It's more towards the end of that. But here we have, in the Bible, the first sort of uh, quotation marks coming up of, of a conversation with man, with his God. That's what we have here. Um, and it comes, surprisingly, after the fall. So there's been this lovely uh, home that's been created for Adam and Eve. Um, you know, all, all that has happened in the world so far is for this moment where Adam and Eve are created. They're put together in this home. Everything's been working towards this. Um, we have no, com no sort of record of any conversations in that period, but we have one now. We have a conversation now. We have God speaking to them and them speaking back. Because that is a conversation, right? Is it? That's a conversation. 
is when someone speaks to you and you speak back. Kids, that is a conversation, okay? It is someone speaking to you and then you speaking back to them, okay? When one person speaks, it's not called a conversation. It's called a monologue. It's just one person speaking and you're just going, that's why I say kids, all right? Because it happens in my house, okay? There's lots of monologues that are going on. Okay, there should be some dialogue. There should be some conversation. There should be to and fro. And this is what you have here in Genesis, is that Adam and Eve, they've listened. Uh, well, Eve has listened to the devil, and it's all gone pear-shaped, doesn't it? So the whole thing is about to unravel. But before that happens, we have this conversation. We have it that God comes. Here he comes, and he says, where are you? There we are. Isn't that amazing? Where are you? Okay, so this is the main point from this morning is this, that prayer is a response to God. That's what it is. Don't you just love that? Prayer is a response to God. It's a response. Okay, everything that has happened in Genesis so far has been initiated by Jesus, the Word of God. He is the Word of God. We would know nothing about God unless Jesus had come to show him off. We know nothing. You see, this is called, isn't it, a self-revelation. A God here says, I want to be known. I love to be known. And so he sends his son out to show off who he is. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he, in the beginning, created all things. Do you see this? He initiated everything. That first creation is done with the plan of the Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through His Son, Jesus. All of creation is about Jesus. Psalm 19. That voice of creation, the sermon from creation, goes out into all the world. There is nowhere in this world you can go to get away from the sermon about Jesus. Why is everything about Jesus? Because God wants to be known. Isn't that great? Isn't that amazing that Jesus is called the Word? Jesus expresses the mind and heart and soul of the Father who is unseen in heaven. He initiated that. The Bible says, isn't it, that Jesus is the beginning and the end. Not just that He is the first thing that you read in Genesis, isn't it? God created the heavens and the earth. Um, and there is the world. It is formless and empty, darkness and the Spirit You've got the Father and the Spirit on the scene. Jesus is the beginning of all things, so nothing really happens until He comes. Yeah, that's true, but it's more than that. He is the beginning. He is the beginning. He is the origin of everything. Not as He was the first thing. No, He is the beginning. Anything that begins is because of Him. And this is what God is like. God comes out to us in sending Jesus in the creation. It's God saying, I want to be known by you. As you open the Bible, what's the Bible about? We're doing this in Anchor and Cornerstone. We're doing a Bible overview. The first one, wasn't it, is what's the Bible about? It's about God. Well, you can't know God without Jesus. The Bible's about Jesus. Why is the Bible about Jesus? Because the Father wants you to know him. And you can only know God through Jesus. This is why, you see, there's some debate on 
Can anyone just pray? Well, no one can just go straight to the Father. You can't bypass the Son. You see, you've got to go to the Son. You've got to go to Jesus. And you've got to go through Him and all that He has done. You can't bypass Him. You've got to go to Jesus. Because He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, in this relationship that you can have with the Father in heaven, it begins with Jesus. Its origins are found in Jesus. It's Jesus that can start this off for you today. So prayer then is a response, a response to God, to, to Jesus coming out on, on behalf of the Father. Do you, do you get that? This, this is my only point this morning, this is, because I think it is just Wow. The prayer is a response to what God is already like, that He has sent out His Word. Jesus has come, and our prayers are in response to what He is doing and saying to us. You see, we've got, we have got an idea of prayer, isn't it? I think, like, if you think about the Queen, isn't it? Can I visit the Queen? Can I go and see her? Can I have a conversation with her? Mel loves the Queen, and um, so I'd be happy to try and get an autograph or something for her, you know. I don't really want to talk to her much myself, but we'll do this. Um, we were in Anglesey once, and we drove around the whole of Anglesey looking for, you know, uh, Will and Kate. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but can I, can I just go and see the Queen? Well, I, I can give it a good try, right? Um, I can go up to the gates of Buckingham Palace, and I can state my case, isn't it? And there's a few things I think I'd run through, you know. I think one of the things would be like, if I look really desperate, I wonder if they will let me in. So I would kind of like draw on all of my, my Welsh hoil, you know, my passion. Um, and I even put my accent a bit stronger, you know. Um, and, and I would just, with massive fervency and ze zealous, and I would just put my case to her, like, I really want to see her. Please let me in. I could go that way. I could, I could blackmail her, in a sense, can I? I could say, I could arrange to go and try and get in when, you know, there's an important function happening and saying, look, if you don't let me in, I'm going to kick off and it's going to be a bit, a bit embarrassing for the Queen, you know. So I, I could do that, couldn't I? I could even blackmail her in this sort of way, isn't it? In the nice way of like, look, I promise. I promise I won't reach a hundred so she has to write me a letter or something. You know, I promise to do this. Or don't let me in. I'm one of your grandchildren. I know something's going to happen to them. Do you know? It's like, oh, freaky stuff like that. I, I could go that route, couldn't I? Yeah, I could go that route. I think there is one other option open to me. Um, oh, and that is, I could like talk about my status, couldn't I? I'm like, well, you know, I'm a Welsh man, you know, and uh, you don't probably get many Welshmen at your gates, right? Um, I could, you know, I'm a, I'm a minister of a church, you know. Um, I know that Kai went. Um, they wrote to the Queen and to uh, the Prime Minister at Christmas time, inviting them to the village hall for their candlelit services. Did you see that on Facebook? They, they put the letter up on Facebook saying, sorry, the Queen is busy at the moment and they can't come. She can't come. And also, uh, Theresa May is a bit busy at the moment. Can't think of doing what, but uh, she, she can't come either. Do you know, and there's, I, I, I could go there and spout all this sort of stuff, isn't it? But I'm never going to get in and see her, right, unless there is an invitation. That is what I need, is an invitation. And you see, prayer is a response to God, and it's so great because of this. How are you going to get to talk to him? 
How are you going to get to know him? I think a lot of us, Christians, yes, Christians here, a lot of us think, how am I going to speak to him? Well, I tell you what, I will draw all of my passion and I will draw all of my, my zeal into one, one sort of like request and, and we, we think we've got to do that for him to hear us and to get a hearing from him. Or we think to blackmail him of like there's promises. Oh, look, if you do this for me, then I'll do this for you. Do you know, or, you know, if you don't do this, then people are going to think of you that you're not much of a God if you can't help me, in it? I'll chuck, chuck that sort of stuff in. It's going to cause a bit of a scene if you don't help me here. Or you might threaten him, I don't know. Or the status one, isn't it? Of going, oh, I've got to try and make myself more worthy for him to hear my prayer. It's like, how, how can you speak to God? How can you talk to him? It's always in response to him. He has already come out. And he's continually coming out to you. He has sent his son. He has sent his son. There is the invitation. If you're not a Christian here, you, you can come into this relationship with, with the Father through Jesus today. Because Jesus is the invite. He is the invite. He has been given. And there's no other God who has done this. There's no other God who has shown up. There's none. None other God has shown up here and said, look, no matter how bad it is, what the abyss looks like with Jonah in it, how dark it is, how rubbish it is, I'm there. I will come. And so he was the gift from God, isn't he? We haven't got to make up stuff about God of what he's like. We haven't got to tell fairy tale stories of we to kind of make life interesting. It's like, well, he's, he's turned up. He's shown us what he is like in his son, Jesus. He is the invitation. And as you carry on your relationship, he comes out all of the time. Comes to you all of the time. Prayer is simply then a response to him in all that he is saying to you. Yeah, do we get that? that? That is the wow, I think. Because it happens here. It happens here. Does he really want a relationship with me? Yeah, he sent his son. But what, look what I've done. Look who I am. Look what I've become. Started off good as a Christian. Now, where am I? Does he still want me? And, and here you've got that in this passage, haven't you? Them talking to God is a response. A response to what? Where are you? Isn't that amazing? Where are you? And then the prayers kick off. He comes out. He comes looking for them. Where are you? And, and this then is actually um, talked about, isn't it? This, where they find themselves. So the answer to that question of where are, where are you? The answer for them is, is quite different from their daily experience. Because they take of this fruit and they eat. They see they're naked. They try and sew up these fig leaves and then they hide in the bushes. But what do they hear? Then they hear the footsteps of the Lord God as he walks in the garden in the cool of the day. They hear his footsteps. Here he is again. Okay, so it's not to say that there's been no conversation up until this point. This is just the first that's recorded, right? What Moses is doing here, he's fitting in 500 years of history, just in 40, no, 50 odd chapters, you know. So we'll forgive him that, right? 
But this is the normal experience for Adam and Eve. Where Jesus comes into the garden. And they might hear his feet on the grass, you know, the soft little squelch of his footsteps. They're like, no one walks like that, isn't it? Everything else is on four legs. Some things are on two legs, maybe. Maybe a kangaroo, I don't know. But it's definitely a different sound, right, when someone's walking. So they, they recognize the footsteps. What, 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 what was prayer like for them? What was it like to be in this relationship? What was conversation like? Oh, it was easy. It was easy. He's right there in front of him, physically there in front of him. And he was at the end of the day. Do you know? Don't you like to sit down at the end of the day? Yeah, you're up in the morning and it's going it. Boom, boom, boom. So you get your breakfast, get showered, get your kids ready if you've got kids. Otherwise, in the shower, uh, dress out of the house, into your day of work. You come back and close the door and uh, food on. And then the shoulders start to drop. See, there was no, there was nothing of, of this encounter with Jesus that was difficult and was inhibited. It's like, oh, I can't do that. I can't say that. Oh, should we go to him? Should we not go to him? Nah, it was relaxed. The pressure was off. It's to hear his feet, and then they would probably run to him. You know, you can imagine it, couldn't you? Just run in and, you know, skip in and this sort of thing. It, it was easy. But then they blow it. They blow it. Oh, so I said, then we're done, right? It's all over. No, because he comes out again. He comes out and he asks three questions. Where are you? And it's not, he doesn't, it's not because he doesn't know the answer to these things. Where are you, Adam? I don't know where you are. These fig leaves have given you some camouflage and I can't see you. It's, it's, it's not that he doesn't know the answer to these questions. You see, with a conversation, it, it actually changes them here. There's a little glimpse of where we're going to be going with the prayer stuff. But he speaks to them, where are you? And God speaks to us, doesn't he, through his word? He speaks to us, you know, with his word in the mouth of a brother or sister in church life, which is amazing, isn't it? Which is more powerful than the word of our own heart. He speaks through creation, but we need the Bible, don't we, as the right spectacles to put on, otherwise we might misunderstand it all. But he speaks to us. But there's also this personal question. And maybe you should ask it of yourself this morning. Where are you? Where are you? You see, Adam here had, had plenty to compare it to. Can you imagine him? Where am I? Well, I feel a bit exposed here. I'm naked. I've tried to cover up best I can. I'm in the bushes where I used to be running around and it was all okay. I feel ashamed. I've never felt this before. Guilt. This is what, maybe he didn't have the words at the time, right? But this is what I feel. I've let him down. I've done wrong. Fear was a new aspect into the relationship. I was afraid. So I hid. And where are you? Where are you at this morning? God speaks to you. Where are you? Where are you? And Eve is next to him and no, they explain, ah, oh, this is where I am. This is where I was naked, so I hid. Second question, well, who told you you were naked? Who told you? Someone must have told you you've been 
You've been fine all this time, you know. But see, there's another voice that does speak. There's another voice that speaks. Are you listening to that sort of voice this morning? Proverbs puts this brilliantly, doesn't it? The voice of folly and the voice of wisdom. There's the voice of the devil, really, isn't it? And that might come through many different uh, sources, but really it's his doctrine. It's his teaching that is spouted, and there's these countless voices coming at you. This voice said to them, you're lacking big time with him. You're not going to die. He knows you're going to be like him, knowing good and evil. He's keeping stuff from you. Oh, he's keeping you in a wretched state. You're naked. You haven't got much, have you? You've got nothing. And then they say, then it starts, isn't it, the blame game. We've, we've said this, isn't it? Adam, like a good husband, blames his wife. His wife, like a good woman, blames the neighbors. <laughs> and, and down we go. It's like, but there is this aspect of it where they, they do accept responsibility they explain there were pressures put upon them, but no, I did it. She gave me the fruit, and I, I ate. The devil tempted me, but I ate. There is an implication that they're blaming God as well, isn't it? They blame each other, and they blame him, the woman you put here, the serpent you created, but there is this aspect where they come with this responsibility. And that, when that happens, then, then we move on. It's interesting to stop there, isn't it? There is a conversation here. Yes, he comes to them and he says, where are you? What would you think if Adam and Eve just stood in the bushes going, shh, you'll walk past if we don't say nothing? And they're looking out, aren't they? Trying to squint. Where do, we, where do we see his coat, you know, or is he walking past? Shh, shh, shh. Or what would, what would you say if they, oh, I can see you, come on out, come out. And they sheepishly come out. And then he says, where, where, where are you? What are you doing? Mm. Not talking. There's not many places they could go, is there? See this, so he, he comes to us, and he, he's, he's, he's always perpetually coming to us. And we don't talk? <laughs> we don't talk back? See, this conversation was actually crucial here. It's, he, he, it's, it's allowing him to ask these questions, but then there is a listening and, and an internalizing and letting it, letting it you know, really touch their hearts. And, oh, man, the weight then of what they have done must have been so heavy, isn't it, upon them? But then there has to be this response. Because that's what a conversation is. That's what a relationship is. Isn't it? If you talk back. How many marriages have struggled here because one or both of you refuse to talk? Oh, we do the whole, yeah, I'm right. yeah, yeah, it's a good day, love. Yeah, yeah. What's going on in your heart? What are you on about? And criticism comes out just to shut it down. See, marriage doesn't go very far. No relationship goes far if it's just one-sided, isn't it? No relationship does. And then you wonder why 
why Jesus isn't your treasure. You wonder why your passion, your sinful passions just seem so strong and to carry you along. You can't wonder those sort of things if this conversation is more of a monologue on his side. There's no wonder. See, he has come out. He asks the questions. They listen. They think. They respond. And it changes them. This encounter with Jesus changes them. And that's what prayer does. When you listen to him, you think on it, and then you talk to him. It starts to change us because we are encountering him. See, in Deuteronomy, Moses says this. He says, oh, who is there among the nations who is like our God? Who is like him? Why? Because he comes and he smashes their enemies? Why? Because he has opened up the Red Sea? He's like, there's no one like him who is near us when we pray. See that? He comes and he talks to you, and it's intimate, it's personal. It's think about it and respond oh, in, a, in a very open way. Talk to him, and you encounter him, and we are changed. You see, it's only when there's this conversation going with Adam and Eve that then he moves on to dishing out the consequences consequences for her, the consequences for him, the consequences for the devil. And then them knowing that there is a way back. There is a way that this, this relationship can be saved. When Jesus kills the animal and clothes them with the skin. Do you remember that? Yeah, Genesis 3.15, the gospel is preached, isn't it? As the Hebrews tells us, the gospel is preached. And he says that you, Mary, will have a son, isn't it? From a woman will come a child. Not from the man and woman, but just from the woman. Will come a child who will step on the devil's head. But the devil will bruise his heel. And then he kills an animal and clothes them. Oh, shocking, isn't it? First, first piece of blood that you ever see. Adam and Eve, Whoa! But they know that there's no way back except through the sacrifice, the violent death of an innocent. That's what Jesus has done in order to bring you into a relationship with the Father, not for it to be a monologue, not for it to be one-sided, not for it to end, just stay as a little baby. That you're still going, eh, 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 for food, you know, and... Ah, I don't like this. Ah. Not that you grow up. You grow up by talking and expressing your silly thoughts about life, isn't it? Your, your silly ways in which you understand life. And for him to then speak back and say, oh, let's blow that wide open, shall we? Because that is rubbish, that is. But it's, it's part of an ongoing relationship. So maybe that's why you haven't grown very much. That you're still a child. Because it looks like you're listening, but actually you're not, because you're not, not letting it hit home and then respond to him about it. Prayer is a response to God. And I, I, just, I just think that's amazing. I've been a bit blown away by that. It seems, for me, it feels like a load drops off. 
I don't know, I, used to, I think I used to picture him just very far, very, very, very far away. And me having to do some sort of, I don't know, verbal gymnastics in order to get to him, you know. But it's a response to already all that he is saying to me and doing in my life. It's a response. So how is it going with you? Are you responding to him? You know, in Gabalva, we're big, isn't it, on listening to Jesus. We want to, the preaching is important to us. The RBTs are important, and you know this, because we don't let it alone. We want you to be reading his word. When you get the truth, you see the truth and, and be changed by it. But this part of it, I don't know, personally, I haven't been on top of. I do feel like that you're listening to someone who's blind on all this, mind. Don't look at me and think my prayer life's amazing. It's not. I really struggle. And I feel like a kid. Sometimes I sit there and I think, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to say. It's like bit of my experience this last week. You know, it's funny, isn't it? Oh, I'm on a study week on prayer. Oh, surely you must have been praying a lot. Uh, well, you know, you, yeah, 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 you would think that, yes. And I wouldn't say it's like the blind leading the blind because you're probably better at this than I am. It's shameful to say, isn't it? My job, isn't it, is reading the Bible and praying. It's bad, isn't it? So it's not necessarily the blind leading the blind. It's the blind one at the front, and you've just got to maybe just sit there and go, come on, get to a part then that's going to help me. I've already got that down. But I haven't been on this personal prayer stuff. It's a confession. For me, a lot of what, we, what you read and see around is that you can be a Christian all by yourself, isn't it? You can stay at home with your little bit of internet and your little Bible gateway sort of reading every day. Um, and you can talk to God on your own and have this flourishing Christian life outside of his body, the church. But you can't. You can't. But I think any expression of this personal prayer from me would, would, hit, would, would just, I felt, would kind of knock onto that, you know, and say, no, no, you can so there's a failing in me, this is. I haven't really addressed this with you guys for fear of that happening because, you know, for me, the body of Christ here is really important. But actually, as I've been reading about it, it's not true that what we do here should actually help you to pray outside. And we've, yeah, I really have failed to lead the elders in this way to help teach you how to pray. So we're trying to get, I want to revisit this, you know, and, well, not visit it, isn't it? Um, and I want to help you to pray in your private times. Because Jesus says, doesn't he, in the Sermon on the Mount, it's not, oh, if you pray, isn't it? go into the room and close the door, make sure there's no distractions. No, he's like, when you pray, it's like inconceivable, isn't it, to have a relationship without talking. <laughs> You're like, what? Now, when you pray, you should be praying. I should be praying. Shutting out everything and making sure, oh, I want to give this time and I want to meet with him. And I want to go over what he's been saying to me. How he has come out to me. And I want to be thinking on it and internalizing it and then expressing it back to him. So that our relationship can go on. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. This is the first one. Prayer is a response. It's a response. So he's already been coming to you. Don't think, oh, I haven't been praying and I... I now need to make efforts now to get to him. It's like he's right there. And he has been. He has been. 
He's been coming out to you time and time and time again. And you've sat here and you thought, oh, that was really powerful. That is, you really spoke to my heart. But you haven't spoken back. You haven't completed the conversation because you just listened and you've gone. There is nothing more frustrating than talking to someone, isn't it, who will not respond to you. Oh, I tell you, isn't it? It's really hard, isn't it? When you're on the phone, like, people can get away with it. You're like, hello, hello, are you there? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. They, you know, they cover it on the phone, isn't it? When you face to face with someone and you talk to them and there's the blank face, it's infuriating. It is really infuriating. So kids, don't be like that with your parents, all right? When they tell you something and they talk into you, eyes fixed on them, acknowledgement, isn't it? Listen to what they're saying, say something back. Conversation. It's really important, okay? Because things need to change in the family sometimes, isn't it? And sometimes things need to change with you. And that only happens if you actually respond and tell them exactly what you're thinking and feeling in your heart of hearts. So don't be afraid to do that. But for us as well, he's come so far. For us not to speak to him, oh, that's insulting. Really insulting for him. And probably very infuriating him. In Hosea, he says twice, doesn't he? You do not acknowledge me. You do not acknowledge me. You acknowledge other gods, but you do not acknowledge me. Oh, let's acknowledge him now. Do you want to pray with the person next to you? Just pray uh, something over what has been said this morning. Even just ask for help, you know, because he'll help with that, which is really cool. He'll come out to you, isn't it, in help. Uh, but just, just pray with the person next to you and just ask him uh, for his help in this. Jesus, uh, we thank you for teaching the disciples to pray. Um, you didn't teach them to preach or um, teach them anything else, but you did teach them to pray. And uh, I want to pray that you'd help us to, as we go through this series on prayer, that you'd, you'd really teach us. We need you to help us. Um, and please forgive us, Father, when, when there feels like this massive gulf between us, uh, because that gulf has been, uh, uh, yeah, the, it's been made a way across by the shed blood of your, of your son, Jesus, and uh, there's no reason for that gulf to exist. Uh, but often, it's the problems with us. As we saw with Song of Songs, we're often so slow uh, to open the door to you and to respond to your voice and to, to you speaking to us. So, so forgive us for that. Forgive me for that. And Lord Jesus, we pray you'd help us uh, by your Spirit uh, to come to the Father um, and to enjoy fellowship with him and, and to respond to all that he has come out to do and to say for us. We pray this in your name. Amen.